right. Good morning. We're back, and we're going to be talking about uh, the next piece of the series we've been in, what to do when your spouse is tripping. And I guess the last two times we could rename what to do when you the strip when you are the tripping spouse. It's basically um, the information that we're given is to help you uh, not to trip so much, so hard, so frequently. <laughs> but anyway, can somebody recap us? Can somebody recap us? Uh, Tia, Courtney, uh, can y'all recap us uh, from last week so we can just kind of start at the next uh, sentence from last week? Recap us. What do we talk about? Babe, I wasn't here last week. What do you have? Okay, okay. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Does anybody remember? Or do I, do yeah, I need to teach I mean, the whole thing all over? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Hey, Pastor. Go ahead. I think we uh, we talked about um, spiritual weaponry. Talked about strongholds. Um, we talked about um, if you're in a crisis at some point, you need to be out. Um, talking about getting behind technology. If you get behind technology, the world passes you by. Um, and it says, don't always ask the right questions about... People don't always ask the right questions about marriage, especially newlyweds. So, and, uh, stuff like that, so... All right, anybody else? Talk to me, because I can go back from the beginning. Anybody else remember? Pastor Rundy, you spoke about going back to your wedding day to remember when you first got married. And you also wanted us to realize that if we're in war, with our spouse to remember that war is not with them. And then you spoke on Ephesians 6 and 10 and said that it's the enemy that has the strategies, but God does, but God has the victory over the enemy's work. Amen. Amen. I like that. Anybody else? Those on the line. Anybody else? Uh, Pastor, you spoke about strongholds. Yes, that's what we're getting. What what did we say about strongholds? Uh, Strongholds, uh, you were saying that sometimes it's dealing um, with things that's done in the past. A stronghold is a uh, it's a wall that you build up. Sometimes you can lock yourself behind the wall, you know, instead of being able to come outside of them. And you were stating that um, sometimes we build those strongholds from way back. They fester, you know, years down the line. And um, It even happened before the marriage, but it can affect the marriage today. So we have to deal with those strongholds. Very good, very good, very good, yes. That's exactly what we talked about. Okay, go ahead. Uh, recapping on the strongholds. Basically, you was you was t- uh, talking about the strongholds when 
when we were dealing, we deal with things from our past that's being brought up now with our spouse that our spouse has nothing to deal with, had nothing to do with what we're going through. So the strongholds, the strongholds are actually coming from, um, you know, things that we did, things that have been done to us in the past that has nothing to do with our spouse, which makes us weak. Exactly. It, it makes us uh, makes us uh, uh, um, more like a um, what you call it more defensive to something our spouse has uh, haven't done to us. Exactly. But you know it can be from like what a parent has said, what a parent has done, uh, what somebody has said as a as a you know as a as a somebody has said something to you that actually made you feel insecure, basically. Or Delta that made you feel insecure in a certain area or the way you look. You know, it's that's basically what we talked about last year. That can be a stronghold, and we talked about how to get rid of them. And that's some, that's probably the reason why I thought been tripping. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, who remembers the scripture from last week? The scripture, Sister Lola already told us one of them, and we're gonna go back and look at that one. So go go on over to Ephesians six. But what was what was that first scripture we dealt with? Is it the second Corinthians um, ten two through five? Let's go there. Second Corinthians ten. Uh, we did some stuff at Bible study. Um, on Wednesday, one of the things that, uh, and, and I definitely appreciate the anonymity of the line and everything, that people can come on and kind of listen and not say much, uh, and also go back and listen to previous messages. Um, but at some point, I wanted to have a learning atmosphere and the only way a teacher knows if you learn it is to ask you questions or to assess you or to quiz you or to see who remembers or to see who knows and all those things. And so uh, that's definitely what we're going to do from time to time. I want you to go to Second Corinthians 10, Second Corinthians 10, uh, verse 4, which uh, has been uh, our focal scripture uh, since last week. And I would say this will be one of the most important scriptures for your marriage. First Corinthians 13, notwithstanding, will probably be the most important scripture in your marriage. I mean, they even quote it at, at most weddings. Most people don't follow it, but they at least quote it. First Corinthians 13, the, the love chapter, and Sister Jackie Williams uh and I believe she's on the line this morning as well, did an awesome job teaching that uh, scripture. And so I um, want you to go back and listen to uh, her message as well um, because it was very, very challenging to all of us uh, to walk at a higher level of love. But this scripture is going to probably be one of the most important scriptures to help you as the individual, you know, help you help your marriage. They said in that movie, help me help you. It's going to help you to help yourself to help your marriage and help your spouse. Okay? Um, very important scripture. Let's look at it. Second Corinthians 10 and 4, and I appreciate everybody's participation and contribution to the recap this morning. Everybody was was right on it. Second um, Corinthians 10 and 4, um, and forgot, we usually open up in prayer, so let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this time that we're going to spend in the Word. We thank you for our spouses. We thank you, Father, for the marriage line. We thank you, Father, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you. Speak to us. You speak through us. Thank you that we encourage each other. Thank you that we're stronger now than we were before we started coming on and that we're going to continue to grow stronger, God. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, those that are in crises are going to continue to grow stronger until they come out of crises, God, and begin not only to survive but to thrive as married couples. In Jesus' name, so, Father, give us another uh, uh, piece of the puzzle today uh, that we can get stronger and grow closer uh, together as married couples in the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, Second Corinthians 10 and 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not carnal. They are not carnal. Okay? Um, I ain't going to speak to them. I ain't, ain't going to give them no sex. We ain't going to, you know, that's all carnal weapons. Okay? That stuff do not work. It's going to only make things worse. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds, of strongholds. And uh, I'm reading from the Amplified. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience when your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. Now, that's a mouthful. Uh, once again, we are not going to get to all of this, um, but we want you to meditate on this scripture. This scripture literally saved my life at one point, um, let alone my marriage, but it, it has definitely been uh, one of the main scriptures in my life that has uh, helped me, helped my marriage, help I mean, still right today, uh, my development, and all the things that God is doing in me personally. And I'm just being real transparent. This scripture I lean on quite frequently um, because it's just it's just one of those all-encompassing, comprehensive scriptures <laughs> that deals with everything that could possibly be going on in your mind. All right, everything that could be possibly going on in your mind. Have you ever noticed, and this is, once again, uh, what to do when you are the tripping spouse, <laughs> how to help yourself stop tripping. Okay, have you ever noticed when you are right, you're right. Wrong. You still right? <laughs> have you have you ever noticed that? See, when everybody else is wrong, they wrong. But when you wrong, you're not as wrong. Mm-hmm. You ever noticed that what? What what you do with your spouse? If your spouse do the same thing you did, like you all over that, okay? You all over that. You do the same thing, and you got fifty million excuses as to why. Well, I did it because this, that, and the third. Okay, hold your finger at that scripture. Let's go to Proverbs. 16, verse 2. I love the scripture. Proverbs 16, verse 2. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. Did y'all hear that? All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. But see, the Lord weighs the spirits. I love that part. See, all, all the ways of a man are clean in their own eyes. See, everything you doing, you cool with it. Pretty much. Everything you doing, you can give a reason, you can give an excuse, you can you can give a defense for what you do. 
in everything you do. The Bible says all the ways of a man are right and clean in his own eyes. Now, we know that everything we do is not right. But the Bible says our flesh has this flaw. We have a blind spot. We can see everybody else's problem. We can see every what everybody else needs to do. We can see what everybody else uh, is falling short at. But when it comes to us, we got a blind spot. That's just how it is. All of a man's ways are cleaning his own eyes. Because if, if you didn't think, if you thought you was really doing stuff that bad or as bad as it really is, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. Now, you do it and expect your spouse to just accept it, but then when your spouse does it, uh, you don't accept what they do. Now, there's something wrong with that picture. Somebody say amen to that. <laughs> now, listen, let's go over, keep your, keep your keep, and write these down if you're not uh, able to um, have your Bible with you. Now, go over to James. See? Now, what's going to help us from being blinded? Let's see. Let's see what the Bible says. Go over to James chapter 1, and he's going to tell you what's going to help you. He's going to tell you what's going to help you from being, from having this blind spot. All right? Turn over to James chapter 1. Verse 22, but be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. See, you can sit up and hear the word, mm-hmm, amen, show right, preacher, preach, all that stuff. When it's somebody else, we can hear it, but we don't apply it. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because if if you, all you're doing is hearing, all you're doing is coming on the line, listening for your spouse's problems, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He showed telling the women. Ooh, he showed on the men. See, that's what I was talking about. But I, I promise you, you stay on here. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get to something your spouse was talking about. Because <laughs> the word of God is not biased. It's going to cut going and coming, all of us, okay? So, <laughs> and say, don't don't deceive yourself. Say, do the word, not deceive yourself. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he looks at himself and goes his way and immediately forgets what manner of man he, he, he was. But look at verse 25. But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty, talking about the word of God, and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So you want to be blessed in your marriage, listen. <laughs> Stay in the word. That word is going to come up at different times. You stay in that love scripture, it's going to come up on you. Now, how are you mad at that? Because, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 says love pays no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to itself or wrong. I've heard that scripture so many times. In a fit of fury, mad at my wife about something I think she did or I think she did to me. Mm-hmm. I thought love didn't take no account of the evil done to it. This is the word coming up. I thought love paid no attention to itself or wrong. Uh, you're right, God. Uh, but that didn't make no sense. Uh-huh. I can't put up with that no more. Love puts up with everything that comes his way. First Corinthians 13. <laughs> well, she ain't going to do right. Love believes the best of every person. <sighs> All right, God. Okay, you got to be a doer of the word. <laughs> Otherwise... We're wasting our time on this line. Okay? So, going back to Second uh, Corinthians. Let's go back there. Second <clears throat> Corinthians. Now, 
We talked about strongholds last week. We talked about strongholds last week. They're important for you to understand what a stronghold is. I like what somebody said in the recap, okay? And one of the things, my thesis statement for last week is many of the things that you are dealing with or means that the things that your spouse is dealing with concerning you has nothing to do with them. Many of the things that you're dealing with concerning your spouse has nothing to do with you. It didn't start with you. It started way long time ago, even before you came into the picture. Okay? has nothing to do with you, but you got to deal with it because <laughs> you're married to it, and you covenanted with it, and you made a vow before God, the angels, your family, and everybody, the devils in hell, you made a vow for better or for worse, in sickness and in hell, for rich or for poor, till death do us part. You made the strong, do you understand that the marriage covenant is the strongest covenant on earth? There is no other, you, you don't go into any other venture with, like that. You don't go into no business venture like that, for rich or for poor, to death those part, whatever, man. You start stealing the money at not accurate. That's why we got a contract. <laughs> you just breached the contract. I'm out. There's no other covenant. Not even the covenant between mother and child is like this. Parent and child. Only responsible to the 18, 21, or whatever. But when you cover, when you make a Covenant with your spouse. This is the strongest binding covenant on earth between two human beings. All right? So this is very important. So whatever they bringing in, yeah, you got to deal with it. You can't be talking about that's them. You got to deal with it, and you can help them deal with it. Okay? So we're going to talk about how you can help your spouse and strongholds uh, at another point. But here's the, here's the issue. The issue is that many times we're dealing with strongholds. For the weapons of our warfare and our carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Last week we said a stronghold is a fortified place. Okay. A stronghold in itself is not a bad thing because you can have strongholds uh, that protect the knowledge of God and the word of God and the principles of God as well. And we talked about some of that when we talked about how to fair proof your marriage and all those things. Creating rules and boundaries uh, which creates a stronghold or a fortified wall against uh, that happening. But in general, for our uh, discussion, we're going to talk about demonic strongholds, okay? Um, and those strongholds are those that um, protect and defend erroneous thinking, wrong behavior, misbehavior, perversion, you name it, all kind of unrighteousness and sin. Right? Here's a, here's a husband's stronghold for watching porn. Well, my wife won't give it to me. I ain't cheating. I ain't going outside my house. I got needs. My needs need to get met. What she think? I'm I'm a grown man. She had sex with me in two months. What I'm supposed to do? <laughs> so you got all of these thoughts, brick by brick, that protect what he's doing is wrong. The sin. And he knows it's wrong. Hey, when it's right, you ain't got to defend it. How about that? <laughs> How about when it's right, you ain't got to come up with 20 reasons why you're doing it. When you got 50 reasons, you got to offer 50 reasons why you're doing something, you know it's wrong. All, all the ways of a man are right in their own eyes, but God weighs the spirit. God weighs the spirit. How does he do it? Through his word. Through his word. 
All right? That stuff, it don't it don't add up. It don't add up. I, I've heard her husband defend adultery. And where I should. She she ain't acting right. She she you know, the whole nine. All right? Man, strongholds. Okay? So how do strongholds form? Many times they form from childhood, even I'm talking long time, long time ago stuff that you wasn't even there to be a part of. We talked about some of that last week, and uh, you might want to go back and listen to last week's as well. But I got this um, article this morning. I wanted to read uh, part of it because it, it, it creates a scenario, and it's, you know, I guess this is a fictional person or maybe somebody that they knew. So um, we can kind of objectively look at it because this is not a person that anybody on this line knows. But it says um, that strongholds are defense mechanisms or areas of thinking not based on truth but lies. And, and I'm... I'm, I'm being more specific by saying demonic strongholds or sinful strongholds. Um, instead of protecting us, they actually imprison us. Unless we renew our mind, we risk continuing to believe those lies and making important decisions based on deception. Now, the word of God, I'm telling you, is the remedy. That's why James said, if you just go ahead and do the word that you're learning, you won't deceive yourself. All those areas of deception will become exposed. Just start doing the word. That's real simple. Read the word, hear the word, do what the word says. And you're going to get to some hard places. You're going to be like, oh, wait a minute, this hurts. How come this is so hard to do? Well, you're dealing with a stronghold. Okay? So you don't have to sit and say, I wonder what my strongholds are and try to over, overly analyze yourself. You don't have to do that. Just start doing the work. You're going to run right into them. <laughs> you're going to run into them. Sooner or later, you keep doing the work, you're going to run into a brick wall. And you're like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. This ain't moving. How come? Well, it's a stronghold. Okay? Unless we renew our mind, we risk continuing to believe those lies. And making important decisions based on deception is, is very important not to make life decisions based on deception because you're going to make the wrong decision. Let me give an example of how, strong, of, of how strongholds of wrong thinking can destroy a marriage. Mary and her husband, John, are not enjoying a happy marriage. There is strife between them all the time. They are angry, bitter, and resentful. Now their two children are starting to show signs of being affected by all of the dissension at the home. Um, one of the kids is even developing stomach problems because of the stress brought on from the conflict. And uh, when you get children, children become an indicator in your home that things aren't right. <laughs> I tell you, so often in our marriage, the Lord allowed those things to happen, and our children were the indicator, okay? Some people, you know, uh, in our house start getting sick right after we had a knockdown, drag out fight. Well, that spirit of strife opened up uh, an avenue for the devil to come in and afflict our children. So we got smart pretty quick about those things. Um, Mary's conflict is that she doesn't know how to let John be the head of her, their family. She is bossy. She wants to make all the decisions, handle the finances, and discipline the children. She wants to work so she will have her own money. She's independent, loud, and demanding. Mary knows her attitude is wrong and wants to change. She's been in counseling and is constantly asking people to pray to God, for God to help her. But she hasn't seen any improvement. Why? Mary has trouble controlling her actions because she has trouble controlling her thoughts. She has a hard time knowing what thoughts to control because of the strongholds in her mind, strongholds that were built very early in her life. 
as a child. Mary had an extremely domineering father. For years, she suffered hopelessly as her father mistreated her and her mother. She was disrespectful in all, I'm sorry, her father was disrespectful in all ways except toward Mary's brother, who could do no wrong. It seemed as if he was favored just because he was a boy. By the time she was 16, the stronghold in Mary's mind were firmly established. The stronghold of lies went like this. Now, this is the stronghold in Mary's mind. Men really think they're something. They're all alike. You can't trust any of them. They will hurt you and take advantage of you. As a result, Mary's mind was made up. When I get away from home, nobody's ever going to push me around again. Before Mary can ever have victory in her life and peace in her marriage, she will have to tear down the strongholds that are ruling her thinking. All right. Now, this is another example of what we were talking about. So now her husband has to endure no telling how many years of disrespect, dishonor, strife, contention, you know. And let me tell you, when there's conflict in the house or when there's conflict in your marriage, it's not always necessarily wrong. Jesus even said, many of you thought I came to bring peace. He said, I came to bring the sword to your home. He said, it's going to be not peaceful for a minute. And sometimes that conflict is rising because of a stronghold. Now, if she had a laid-down husband, there wouldn't be no conflict. He'd be like, okay, baby, okay, whatever. But, you know, a man of God or a man that's godly, um, God is constantly talking to him. Because that man is responsible for that home. And so ultimately, and we've said this many times, at judgment, you know, God's not going to ask my wife about my home if I was the husband. God always deals with the heads of authority. Um, when, when uh, uh, If you look in, in, the, in the Joshua the account of Joshua uh, when he started losing the battle because he had somebody under him, Achan, who had taken what the Bible says was the accursed thing, thing he shouldn't have took uh, after they defeated a certain enemy. He took it and hid it and hid the gold and all this stuff, and God told him not to do that. So he disobeyed God. Now, when, when God dealt with that issue, he did not deal directly with Achan. He dealt with Joshua. But then Joshua hadn't done anything. Joshua had basically done what God told him to do. Um, But somebody under him had not done what God told him to do. But God don't deal with the person under Joshua. He deals with Joshua because Joshua is the authority. So it's the same thing in that home. God is going to deal with that husband, and he's going to deal with that husband strong, especially if that husband uh, loves God and is um, trying to walk upright. Okay? So it, he can't lay down. Even even the nicest, most peaceful husband in the world, once he gets hooked up with God, because basically – you become a soldier, and soldiers take orders. That's all. That's how it is. God gives the orders, and the husband tells the family what that order is, and everybody falls in line. So, you know, if this wife has this problem with male authority and leadership and all that because of childhood, it's going to constantly be conflict in a godly house because that man, he can't, he cannot abdicate what his authority and he cannot back down from what God is saying. He just can't. And he may try to do it. He may try to keep the peace. He may try, okay, okay, we're going to try to do it, baby. 
but God's going to come right back to him. He said, hey, you didn't do what I told you to do. In the Garden of Eden, <laughs> who does God call out first? He didn't call Eve up. He didn't say, Eve, where are you? He said, Adam, where are you? Because he told Adam what to do. He told Adam what to do. And Adam should have did the right thing even when his wife didn't do the right thing. And it would have saved the whole situation. It would have saved him and her because he was uncovered. She could have ate the fruit and nothing never happened. He'd been like, hey, babe, now remember God told us not to do that. Now don't do that no more. All right? He's covering her. But when he did it, when he participated with her, then that's when all the consequences came. So, you know, everybody want to blame me if it wasn't his fault. It was Adam, because Adam did not do what God told him to do. Adam did not force in his, enforce in his home what God told him to do. The Bible says God chose Abraham because he knew he would command his house. He knew he would do with his household what God told him to do. So in this particular case, the stronghold with Mary <clears throat> um, is going to have to be dealt with. All right, now. The 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 husband, and this is why I'm really um, strong with husbands, because a husband will come to me like this and say, "Well, you know, John, that's the guy's name in this scenario. John will come and say, hey, it ain't my fault. This is my wife. This is you doing, blah blah blah.' Well, okay, you can blame her." But ultimately, it is your fault because you, you have not helped her. Well, how can I help her? She doesn't her. Okay. When you've done everything in the natural that you can do, now you go to the supernatural. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty. So what do you do? You tap into the supernatural. Fast, pray, whatever you got to do. Go to God. God knows you're responsible for that home. <clears throat> So God's going to get to you any information that he needs to get to you. So here's John. Let's say it's all hypothetical scenario anyway, so let's create, let's, let's keep it going. So John goes to God and say, God, you're telling me that I, I need to uh, raise, you know, I need to direct how we're raising our children. You're telling me that I need to... Um, be the deciding factor in our finances because our finances are out of way. Okay, but my wife is not doing it. She's got all kind of issues, this and that. Okay, so what is John supposed to do? God, I need you to show me what's going on. Show me how to help her. Show me how to pull us out of this situation. And, y'all, I'm telling you from experience, I'm telling you from working with other men that I shared this with, this is what happens. John, you know, and hopefully he has the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which makes everything easier because now he can tap into supernatural spiritual gifts. But John starts praying. John gets a vision. John starts getting information he don't even know. Now he sees his wife and her dad. Now what does his... Man, what does Mary's dad got to do with this? All right? Now, Mary probably knows and he doesn't. So then John can go to his wife, or maybe God gives him a dream or however. So then John goes to his wife, you know, and it's not no argumentative thing. It's like, hey, babe, you know, I was praying for us. I was praying for our marriage. Uh, and I was praying for you. And... uh I saw a picture of you and your dad, like when you were a little girl. And I believe the Lord is saying that one of the sons of our problems stems from that. That, you know, maybe the relationship you had with your dad. Oh, wow. Now, that 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 conversation or confrontation can go one or two ways. <laughs> either Mary's going to defend, she's going to get inflamed. E- e- either way it goes, 
that spouse would know that they got their finger on something. Okay, so let's say he goes up just like that. Mary blows up. What do you say of the whole night? Okay. He knows he's right from that reaction. Or God may have already been dealing with her. She, she may have already received some things that the Lord was saying. And then she humbles herself and goes, you know what? I think I think you're right. I think you're right. I think I need to I need to deal with that. And so then she can go in and start dealing with, okay, what is it? What was it? Now now the the greatest thing is if both of y'all get together and pray, or if John and Mary get together and pray together about the identified area, then God would definitely bring I mean, he will bring crystal clear clarity because, number one, both of the spouses are in agreement, and now God can truly give some information and some specific information to both of them to help. Because basically, if you love somebody, you want to help them. And it's not even all about being right or winning the argument. Uh, Mary is in pain. And she'd been in pain since she was a little girl. And her own daddy didn't help her with the pain. And her own mama didn't help her with the pain. Her pastor can't help her with the pain. The only one that can help her is John. He's the husband, see. He's the man around the house. That's what he's supposed to do. Love his wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for how did Christ love the church while the church was sinners. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So there's no length that husband won't go to help his wife in this area, and vice versa. Many times it's that husband. My wife will come to me. Boy, and I, you know, when my wife do that or when she's done it, I'm the, I'm that first reaction. What? Man, you tripping. No, 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 no. You know, and she knows. Mm-hmm, I got him. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yep, just what I thought. <laughs> you know? And uh, and then you can help them. Then you know how to pray. And the, the spouse that has that first reaction, that inflamed reaction, oh, yeah, just, just, let, them, just let them go ahead. It's just like a, uh, it's like a lot of fluid, you know, on a, you know, that you throw on the fire when, when the pit, when the coals are hot, it, that 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 flame ain't going to stay high. It's going to go down. That reaction going to stop, and they gonna, and you're going to put something on their mind. <laughs> I guarantee you that. So you got to argue about it. You, you done already put it on their mind, and they know that you're right. And if they got any God in them, they're going to come and say, at some point, you know what? You're right. I got to deal with it. Or sometimes they may go privately and deal with it, and they come back and say, you know what, I didn't deal with that area. Don't even let you know yet, you know, till they dealt with it. But you put something on their mind. So that's how, as husbands and wives, we, we deal with these areas. See, the benefit of marriage is, and, and uh Solomon said this. He said, two are better than one. For What did he say? Because if one falls in the ditch, the other one can help them. That's what, that's what we're doing in our marriages. We help it. And our spouses have, may have fallen in ditches when they were 12 and when they were 7 and when they were 15. And God forbid there have been any physical abuse or sexual abuse, or or just overt verbal and emotional abuse, man. But you can help them. You're the one that can help them. That's what you're there for, to help them. Spouse, the wife, she's to help me. That's what you're there for. you got to help your husband. And not just help him, you know, help them. The greatest area you're going to help them in is spiritual anyway, because that's the most lasting. So help them. Help your husband. 
Pray for him. Any insight God gives you. Hey, you know, I had a dream the other day that you were back in your old elementary school. I don't even know what that means. Man, they know. <laughs> they know. And God will open up supernatural. It will become beautiful. And, and sometimes things get worse before they get better, you know, especially the acting out spouse that responds negatively to the confrontation. It's like intervention, you know. <laughs> Baby, now, you on crack, and everybody in here, all your family members here, because we love you because you don't crack. Nah, you know, all that, you know, trying to run out the house and, like, grab But, you know, that first reaction, and then they settle down. They'll settle down. But this is the area that we got we to gotta flow in, okay? And according to this, this scenario, Mary, she cannot make good decisions. She will always be in conflict with her husband. She will always have these problems until she pulls that stronghold down and correct her thinking about her husband. Because what does the Bible say? The Bible says, wives, submit to your husband. That's the Bible. So she's a Christian, you know, she can dodge that bullet all she wants to and, you know, make excuses, well, is that my daddy did. It doesn't matter what her daddy did because the word of God, once again, the word of God is the mirror. So she keeps trying to do the word, and she gets to this part, and it's like, boom, a brick wall, boom. I can't do it. Boom. I'm trying, but it's not working. Boom. Okay, you got a stronghold. What is it? Well, man, my daddy. My daddy treated my brother. He, you know, my brother was his favorite because he was a boy, but then my daddy mistreated me and mama. So now I said, when I get grown, ain't no man going to ever mistreat me. And now she's taking that on her husband. This started out in 1973. <laughs> her husband was two years old. I mean, come on. He had nothing to do with it. But he got he got to deal with it now. Vice versa, same thing. With the with the husband. The wife. She gotta deal with something that happened to her husband. Daddy left when 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 uh when her husband was five years old. And then mama started yelling at him and Cussing them out, so he he developed a disdain for women or something. So can't no woman tell me nothing. That's strong in his mind. Ain't no woman gonna ever tell me nothing. All this here. So every time the wife has a good suggestion or God is speaking to her or she has wisdom about this or that, he like uh uh-uh. uh. He gonna do the opposite just because she said it. Has nothing to do with the wife. It has to do with what he went through when he was eight, ten years old. He got to deal with it. He's got to deal with it. And if he doesn't deal with it, he will never have success in that part of his life. So then whenever the wife comes with something good and the right idea, he's going to automatically knee-jerk in the wrong direction, and he's going to continue to make bad decisions over and over and over. Because, you know, husbands, that's why God gave us our wives now. He would speak wisdom to them. He would put details on the vision, you know. <laughs> hey, babe, maybe, you know, maybe we should do it like this. What do you think? I'm the man. I, uh, okay. Keep doing it the wrong way. So it's it's our thinking, stinking thinking, you know, they call it stinking thinking. That's what it is. It's the wrong thought patterns. Oh, we over time again. We over time again. So we got to pick this up next week. Pick this up next week. Y'all, I'm telling you, check up on what you've been thinking. Check up on your thoughts. Check up on how you're handling things. Check up on it. And God will uh, surely uh, expose 
areas that you need to work on. God bless you guys. Any comments or questions before we get off? A powerful word this morning. Powerful word. Praise God. Powerful word. Thank you, Pastor. Anybody else? Yeah, I think I think off of the word too, and uh, and uh, I kind of developed some of that too, Pastor, in the past, and even now. And uh, I just thank God He gave me uh, some scriptures like Ephesians twenty-three through thirty-three, and it helped me a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Even recently, even recently, to identify my position and to take my eyes off my wife's fault, you know. It's, it's just God, like you said, God will give you the word if you just stay in it and wash you and clean you and get your mind set on your role. And that's where you have us as a family on our roles. And you're speaking so well of that. I thank God for you. Thank God for this marriage call. And uh, I just pray that it continue on and more people come and just get these nuggets and, and start living them out in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God for Anybody else? I, yeah, this is Tanika here. I just want to say I thank God for you, and I just want to encourage everyone, no matter how long you have been married, you still need to keep God first in your life. And I just thank God for you just reiterating that, and it just really helped me, and especially the words that you said today really magnified, and I just want to say thank you. Praise God. Anybody else? Let's break all the strongholds. Hoorah! <laughs> yeah. God bless you guys. Um, God bless you guys. God bless you guys. I know that this uh, this 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 season of what we've been dealing with is. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's rough. I mean, this is not. You know, this is tough stuff, especially when you you know going back dealing with. Daddy pain and mama pain and elementary pain and middle school pain and all these thought patterns that we have created in reaction to survive through a traumatic situation, maybe even in our childhood. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's not easy, but it's necessary to be our victory. God bless you guys. Uh, Gina, uh, any comments and then pray us out. Uh, I just wanted to say to everyone that's on the lineup, praise God for all of the, the couples, and um, I thank God. I know some of you heard me say this before, but um, I'm thankful for all of the the couples that are on the line that um, uh, that takes the meat of the Word of God and um, chew it up, accept it, and digest it. It's a blessing to be in the company of Christians that are willing to take the um, the meat of God's word and um, digest it. So I appreciate you and we love you guys. Father, we thank you for uh, another day, God. We thank you for this time that we spend in your word, uh, focusing on our um, marriages and how to uh, grow in you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that as we apply your word, Lord, that the strongholds, the demonic strongholds that are in our lives, Lord, they're going to continue to come down, Father. We thank you, God, that we're going to learn how to cast down all the imaginations and everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. We're going to learn how to bring in the captivity, every thought, to the obedience of Christ. And we're going to follow you, Lord, and we're going to serve you, and we're going to honor you and love you and love our husbands and our wives and our families. And we're going to walk with pure hearts, Lord, before you. We love you, Father. We thank you. We give you all praise, honor, and glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you guys next time.